Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your captain speaking. Due to years of ear-tickling messages and a lack of enduring sound doctrine, the church is now on a collision course with the strong delusion. Stand by for course correction. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Course Correction Radio. My name is Trey Harris, the once pretender, now turned defender of the Christian faith. And I know last time that we had done a show, I told you we would be continuing the fourth part of the, or rather, third part on the podcast um, of the Wheat and the Tares. However, that is unfortunately going to have to wait because. For some reason, my Microsoft Word won't let me open the document. Instead, what I want to do is I want to go over a couple of articles about, and honestly, I'm late to the party on this, but about, um, you know, these quarantine laws, these lockdowns, and the part that the church plays in them. As far as if you're paying attention, I'm sure you've seen that John MacArthur and Grace Community Church are absolutely not backing down from the tyrannical rules placed by Gavin Newsom in the Communist Republic of California. And um, there's been a couple of responses. One one particular response we're going to get into, um, but before that, I actually want to share an article about how the Bible is being misused by these people. And sadly to say, there are three things that the modern evangelical church, or as some content creators are calling them, Big Eva has forgotten. They have, number one, forgotten who they are. They are a, we are supposed to be a peculiar people, a royal priesthood. As laid out in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, which says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should shew forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy." Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, um, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, that may, that may by your good works, which shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation." We are to be the royal priesthood. Serving under our high priest in the order of Melchizedek, that being Jesus Christ. But sadly, the church today and the leaders of the church today really have forgotten their role. You've got... mm, How do I put this? Um pansies let's 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 just call it for what it is we've got pansies who don't want to they want to pull their punches that way they can be chummy with the reporters over at cnn and msnbc trying to get on there and just 
coddle the world, but we're not supposed to coddle the world, are we? No. We, the gospel is, Jesus said he came not to bring peace, but a sword, right? Because the gospel divides. You can see it in his day with the Pharisees and the absolute animosity that they had towards the Messiah. You can see it in the book of Acts when the apostles and the disciples would go out and they would preach in the streets and there were riots. Riots everywhere because of the gospel. But where is that today? And I'm not just talking to you, I'm talking to myself. What am I doing in the present moment to help bring forth the gospel in this dark world? California is on fire. Portland is on fire. There are riots in the streets and justice is being done both on both sides, might I add you. Yes, are the police officers perfect? Absolutely not. There are bad seeds in every group. I knew a few myself when I worked law enforcement. That's right, I used to work law enforcement. Also, there are good cops. There are great people who live up to their vows to serve and protect their communities. Now on the other side, you have injustices being done as well, right? We have paid rioters and looters going out and stirring up trouble so that the United States that we live in, this free country, free, for those of you watching on YouTube, you can see the air quotes I'm doing. For those of you who are not, I say free with a huge grain of salt because our civil liberties are being taken away. After all, that's the whole point, right? The... Uh, our civil liberties taken away and it's for our protection. So we've got injustices on both sides. And what are the high priests of the Most High God doing about it? What are we doing about it? I'm talking specifically to myself as much as I'm talking to anybody else. What are we doing about it? Because politics is... Ain't gonna fix what's going on in our world today. However, I digress. I don't want to keep you guys long. I'm actually thinking about um, keeping these podcasts a lot shorter, maybe 20 or 30 minutes. That way they're a little more digestible. If anybody does want to do deep dives, you can check out my wife and I are starting a podcast called Tea and Scripture with Trey and Sarah. So be looking for that if you want a deep dive. But from now on, I think we're going to keep things short on Course Correction Radio. The second thing they have forgotten is what to do in the last days. Hebrews 10.25, which says, Not forsaking... Let, let's back up. Let's go back. And let us, consider one, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as ye see the day approaching. And my friends, that day is approaching faster and faster with every waking moment. But, once again, the modern evangelical church, and I'm talking about the world-friendly, seeker-friendly, 
Come as you are, see a rock concert, and leave having absolutely changed nothing. But that's okay. That church has forgotten to assemble together. They have forsaken it. Especially as the day is approaching. And number three, they've really forgotten who they serve. We have leaders out there telling believers that it's okay to vote for candidates who will absolutely murder unborn children and then stand up and praise it as a moral good. This is absolute insanity. We live in a world where evil is called good and good is called evil. And what does the church do? They go right along and they coddle these insane murderers and then they tell you that it's okay because you have to pick your battles right it's okay to overlook abortion as long as you know they've got other policies that can be best um there was a tweet by uh, dr tim keller that um I, i wish i had it in front of me it is uh i don't have time to get into it today unfortunately but he uh basically absolutely destroys the bible and you know what i am going to get into it just because i um i don't want to misquote it because it's it's that it's that heinous in my opinion and i just want to say that i have nothing against tim keller per se i have no grudge against him but this is absolutely too far um Let me see. Um, Let me see if I can find it real quick. Let's just go to his Twitter account real quick. guy tweets a lot i have to stay off twitter for the most part for my sanity because twitter is just an absolute cesspool of just depression and garbage in my opinion Well, here's one. Here's one that I actually let's let's go with this one. If and if I can find the other one, yeah, we we might do it. But um, he said on September nineteenth, the and I quote: "The demonization and dehumanization of the other side must stop." When prof- professing Christians do it, 
it is triply wrong but see here's the thing now what's the context there uh dr keller because if i am looking at the fact that there's people murdering babies that is absolutely demonic and the demon the, the demonization there is justified and uh, all right let's talk dehumanization because what's more dehumanizing than killing innocent helpless humans who have not even had the chance at life so how about the demonization and dehumanization stops when innocent lives are saved how about that dr keller um just just a thought like i said nothing i i i have no ill will towards dr keller but that that's absolutely ridiculous um there are absolutely certain things that are justified and uh dr keller i i i, I pray you you reconsider your your opinion there um yeah here here's here's the one that let's see some folks are missing the point of this thread this is dr timothy keller speaking here um he says, quote, some folks are missing the point of this thread. The Bible tells me that abortion is a sin and, and great evil, but it doesn't tell me the best way to decrease or end abortion in this country, nor which policies are most effective. But uh, Mr. Keller, I, I would, um, you know, I, I would pose this question to you, um, and I, I doubt you'll ever hear my small little podcast, but for some reason, if you do, I, I genuinely would like to ask what about the fact that this is a life form and it has been killed the bible tells me not to kill the bible says thou shalt not kill now see here's the thing i have a hard time believing that when the god who created everything around us that we can see and even the things we can't see, the microscopic organisms, that when he wrote his eternal law and said, Thou shalt not kill, that he did not take into context that people were killing children, unborn babies. So, um, but the Bible does address that. The Bible says an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, and, and so on, you know. Um, Genesis chapter 9 makes it very clear that if, if, Human blood is taken. Human blood is required. So I have to easily, and I have to re re uh, refute that. That is absolutely um, twisting the scriptures and really trampling on them to say that the Bible does not say the best way to decrease or end abortion. It absolutely does. If a child is willingly killed, blood is required according to the law of God. Now, that's all I'm going to do on that because that's not really what I wanted to go into on this. But it just, it we've got to be discerning when we read our Bibles, folks. Now, without further ado... You know, and, and this is the scripture I actually have listed there for uh, they forgot who they serve is 2 Timothy 4.3, which I think is actually very fitting 
for that point. If I can find it. There we go. I'm going to start in verse 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables but watch thou in all things endure afflictions do the work of an evangelist and make full proof of thy ministry the modern evangelical church has turned away from the sound teachings found from genesis to revelation in their bibles and instead has gone after their own fancies of pleasing the world Absolutely. Absolutely. And some people say, well, that might not, that's not exactly the uh, right context there. And look, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. You know, I, I, I know that, I know that Paul definitely had a very, very, very specific context. However, it does not negate the fact that in the last days, People will ignore sound doctrine, period. Period. And 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 that's exactly what the church has done. And I, I, I think we've proven that over and over again. How however You know, I'm just I'm just gonna leave that there right now. Let's let's move on. Let's move on to these articles. Now the first one we've got here is the Christian Post, what does the Bible teach about quarantine? Introduction and part one. The news says today that 3 billion out of 7.8 billion people are in quarantine and in lockdown. Now this is from April 1st, 2020, so this is a little bit old. Many are practicing self-quarantine while others are disregarding the guidance from the federal government and the Centers for Disease Control. There are two fears. Getting sick and getting someone else sick, even though they you may be displaying no symptoms. Because that's the thing now. Apparently, you can be sick, but not be sick. The governments of the world are quarantining healthy people. Unbiblical. What should we think about this? When and why should we self-quarantine? The Word of God is a wonderful guide even in these matters. It speaks clearly in general principles about quarantine. The medical community roughly follows them today. Some historians contend that procedures of cleanliness and quarantine first appeared in the Bible. Let's survey the biblical principles of quarantine. Love your neighbor. Loving our neighbor and the preservation of life is at the heart of the biblical quarantine laws. The applications are rooted in Leviticus 19.18. Love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And the sixth commandment, thou shalt not kill. The Westminster Shorter Catechism question 69 explains, What is forbidden in the sixth commandment? Answer. The sixth commandment forbiddeth the taking away of our own life or the life of our neighbor unjustly, or whatever or whatsoever tendeth thereunto. Every law of God is a law of love, including the quarantine laws. 
There are a variety of plagues and mitigation procedures addressed in these laws. See Leviticus 13 through 15, Numbers 5, 1 through 4, 19 through 20, 31, 11 through 20, Deuteronomy 23, 10 through 14, 2 Kings 7, 3 through 4, 2 Chronicles 26, 16 through 21, and 2 Kings 15, 5. Now here's Ooh, now here's something interesting. I interpret these laws using the threefold division of the law. There are three types of law in the Old Testament, moral, ceremonial, and judicial. Interfering, inferring that the judicial and ceremonial laws, while abrogated, are of use in their general equity. In other words, their moral content is applicable while the exact Old Testament situation may not be. There is a general principle of the righteousness of God in every law. This is the case of the quarantine laws. They contain general principles, but we are not obligated to follow every judicial or ceremonial detail of the law of, of Israel. However, they are moral in nature and their general equity or principle is applicable today. And I think what I'll do is I'll do a follow-up YouTube video to go through all of these so we can really see if they're being used in context. Um, I don't want to answer a matter before I understand it, but because um, I've read all of these, I'm just not absolutely uh, familiar with what they say off the top of my head. However... My indication is there might be a chance they're not, but we'll, we'll find out. So check out our YouTube channel. Go subscribe over there so that um, you can be updated when we make that post. Shameless plug there. So let's see. The laws specifically address the touching of the dead and contact with different diseases. Now, yeah, that's true. The Black Plague, oh, this is interesting, also known as the Bubonic Plague, killed from 75 to 200 million people. Right now, see, but there's 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 a caveat here with with COVID nineteen, right? Because um, apparently the numbers keep switching up, and uh, I'm not sure um, what's going on if if all the cue cards that the numbers are written down on at the CDC are like getting mixed up or what. But uh, the latest numbers seem to indicate that six only six percent of the people that died from COVID-19 actually died from the virus itself, while the other 94% were died of exacerbation due to comorbidities. So, and every single death, regardless of its origin, is absolutely tragic. And that's another soul either gone to be with the Lord or a soul awaiting its final judgment for eternal damnation and Every death should be taken seriously. So please don't misunderstand me there. But what I am saying is, okay, we have the entire world on lockdown, Australia cracking down, the United Kingdom cracking down, and several different states in the United States cracking down. But yet the numbers that are coming out of the CDC seem to indicate something completely different. So what in the world is going on? And then they're telling people that aren't sick, to wear a mask but um so i guess if you're if you're if you're not sick you need to pretend to be sick because love your neighbor right it, it doesn't really doesn't really hold up does it because um you know um I, I you always hear that you always hear the uh, the line 
because I love you, I'm going to tell you the truth and you might not like to hear it. But yet that's not what we're supposed to do here. Apparently what we're supposed to do here is ignore the truth and just do it because, you know, love your neighbor. But if, if, now let's just think about this hypothetically. Let's say that, you know, this virus isn't as bad as they've made it out to be, right? Let's just think for a second that there are corrupt, evil people out there that may want to take away the civil liberties of innocent people because they may or may not view these innocent people as cattle and less than them so that that way they can make money off of us. That would never happen, right? Rich people would never put poor people under a iron fist of tyranny that that's never happened in the history of the world ever but let's just for for hypothetical reasons let's let's suppose it did um should we as believers go along with that lie because we love our neighbor doesn't seem quite biblical to me however i'm not your teacher and i would say you need to study your scriptures and you need to pray and seek guidance because uh, the Bible also says thou shalt not bear false witness. <coughs> and um, this this seems like a way that we would we would bear false witness, um, pretending to be sick when we're really not. Doesn't doesn't seem very honest. But um, like I said, don't don't take my word for it. Read the Bible yourself. So I think I've had about enough of that article. Let's go on to this one. This is the one I really want to get to because I'm I'm really late to the party on this one. This has been covered by several other people, and um, it got brought to my attention through their podcasts. Um, but I wanted to go through and read this for myself and respond because as i said it's no secret that john MacArthur and grace community church are absolutely in defiance and rightly so in my opinion of the tyrannical mandate of the governor of california to stay out of church um or you know wear masks and not sing and do all of this absolute garbage but this is what it says This is by um, Jonathan Lehman, who is the editor of the Nine Marks series of books, as well as the Nine Marks journals. I'm not going to really comment on him a whole lot, because other than a few clips of podcasts that I've seen about him, I really don't know much about Jonathan Lehman. Um, the little bit I have seen, I am absolutely not impressed, and the the, the little bit I've seen... Um, makes me concerned that this man doesn't seem um very honest at times and I'll, I'll leave it at that um and this is what he said before your church follows john macarthur's grace community church and begins to gather in defiance of governmental orders this sunday hold on stop and think with me for a moment in case you missed it MacArthur provided a wonderful statement affirming Christ's lordship over governments, our duty to disobey governments when governments forbid worship, and the government's lack of jurisdiction over a church's doctrine, practice, and policy. Plus, pastors do well to learn from MacArthur's example of courage 
In years and decades to come, we may have opportunities to defy governmental incursions. I also respect the decision of Grace Community Church's elders to respectfully inform their civic leaders that they have exceeded their legitimate jurisdiction and that faithfulness to Christ prohibits them from observing the restrictions they want to impose on their corporate worship services. That might be the right decision. I believe it's a judgment call, but if they feel bound of conscience of conscience to gather their church, they should gather. See Romans 14, 14 and 23. Yet I'd also like to add, civil disobedience may not be the only legitimate or moral course of action at this moment. Four additional things are worth mentioning in case you did read his piece. First, it's true that MacArthur's church cannot meet, but Christ's church can meet. Right now, members of his church can meet outdoors. There is nothing sacrosanct about the particular and present forms of our congregations. You might say my counsel to Pastor MacArthur is similar to my counsel to to the pastor who thinks his church has to go to multiple services or sites. Why does the new congregation have to be called your church? You can plant, no. Likewise, is there any biblical reason that your church might or mine cannot split into several churches or take some other form along these lines? I appreciate J.D. Greer's and the elders of Summit Church's decisions to turn the 12,000-member Summit Church into hundreds of house churches for the remainder of the year, even if I would structure things a little differently than him. Also, the possibility of being discussed by Capitol Hill Baptist Church elders is whether they should turn their church into several autonomous congregations should D.C. restrictions eventually make sufficient indoor room for doing so. For now, they're meeting in a field. Grace Church, on the other hand, is insisting on maintaining its present form. That's a potentially legitimate decision to make, but it's not the only decision a church can make. Mind you, I'm not saying Christians need to embrace this as the new normal and that we should give up on having larger gathering spaces and larger churches. I'm saying that at least in this moment, a church could decide to do something besides all gathering together without selling out to Caesar. Second, Christians have long worked to accommodate government restrictions on gatherings, both when those requirements have seemed fair and when they don't. Churches in coastal cities during World War II accommodated even evening blackout requirements in case enemy planes hit the coast. That's a little bit different. Those churches didn't insist the government had no right to restrict our worship. Pretty sure they did that because they didn't want to be spotted and die, but um, okay, that seems like a very weak argument. Churches in China today sometimes do well to disobey the government and gather underground, but sometimes they're wise to comply with government restrictions or at least government enforcement measures, such as keeping their non-state sanctioned congregations relatively small. As my Chinese pastor friends tell me, the police know about their 100-member congregations, but they won't bother them until they reach 200. And so, my friends keep planting new churches. My point here 
is not that Chinese the Chinese Communist Party has a right to limit the church to 200. They don't. My point is that my pastor friends are making calculated wisdom-based judgments about what will preserve the witness of the gospel over the long run and not their church. In other words, just because you think God will ultimately vindicate your decision to disobey the government on the last day doesn't mean it's wise. You might have other options that avoid undue attention. All right, let's see, because um, this he's droning on, and quite frankly, in my in my opinion, and this is my opinion, his points seem a little weak because this is a little different, right? We're dealing with a phantom virus that may or may not be as bad as they're saying. And quite frankly, a lot of the evidence indicates that it is not as bad as they're saying. I have no idea what that noise was. That was weird. Um... Let's see, and and one of the reasons I wanted to um, I wanted to look into this was because uh, Jonathan Lehman was actually interviewed on the Cross Politic podcast, and um, was asked about a, f- a few of these different things, and um, it, it it was kind of um, weird, but apparently one of his. Um, you know, he says right here that the Chinese government didn't have the right to limit their congregations to 200. Um, but in that podcast, you know, he, he seemed, and I, I could be misinterpreting, so um, I encourage anybody who has the time to go back and watch that interview for yourself so you can see it. But um, he seemed to be indicating the opposite for the U.S. government and what we're facing now and said that the government had every right to... Um, limit because of the chance of death or some something like that it was quite frankly it was a it was hard to follow some of his answers um now it it, it, it was also interesting because he was asked point blank about some other things with and um it it, it seemed that um mr lehman and I, I could be wrong and um so i i do maintain the right to be wrong here but um, given some of his other answers, he seemed um, very much for government regulation on things. Um, but go check that out. You can check out um, Cross Politic, one word, and their interview with Jonathan Lehman to get more of a follow up on this. But I um, hold on, give me just a second here. I um. And guys, I'm sorry. I just realized that you could not see my screen that whole time. So I apologize about that. Um, but I wanted to uh, read that article real quick because, um, quite frankly, we have men in the church who seem to be very much have placed themselves under the leadership head of the U.S. government and not under the head of Christ. Um, I hope I've made that clear in this episode i really don't want to go much longer than that if you do want to find those articles the first one (coughs) excuse me the first one was at the christian post the article was called what does the bible teach about quarantine the second was a time for civil disobedience and that was from nine marks at ninemarks.org 
time for civil disobedience, a response to Grace Community Church's elders. And here's the bottom line. We went over it. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Now, here's the thing. There is absolutely the caveat there that you might be a small congregation and simply um here's the thing people should not be criticizing um pastor macarthur for his decision because the simple fact of the matter is is like i said the evidence seems to indicate that the um, the curve that was supposed to be flattened by these lockdowns has very much been flattened. And um, Mr. MacArthur said he did not see a legitimate reason to shut down the church. And quite frankly, I, I agree with him. Now, you know, here's the thing, though. You don't have to be. There was one point where Mr. Lehman was correct is, you know, you can do small groups. And quite frankly, I think those can be a little more beneficial. That's what we do. Um, ours is very small. Our small group, as, as of right now, is just my family. But we also want to make sure we're not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, right? Because it is a biblical command on the Sabbath. And personally, I am a Saturday Sabbath, a Seventh-day Sabbath guy. I'm not a Seventh-day Adventist, but I am a Seventh-day Sabbath guy, the Bible says we forsake not the assembling of ourselves together, and it specifically says that on the Sabbath, it's supposed to be a holy convocation. The, the human mind, the human body, it thrives. It cannot be alone. We all need each other. And so... My encouragement for each and every one of you, regardless of where you may be listening in the world, is get out your scriptures, seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and prayerfully consider that in this time, we follow, we are, it's just like Peter said in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, we're sojourners and strangers in this land. We are from, we are citizens of another kingdom, and it is that law we follow even unto the death, if, if required. And there's other countries that are far worse off than the United States for, for uh, Christian persecution. What we are going, what Christians are going through in America is absolutely a walk in the park to what Christians are going through in other countries and sad to say because of that a lot of the uh a lot of the churches here when the government said stop they they stopped they didn't put up a fight they didn't matter that it was unconstitutional it didn't matter that the uh rightful ruler of this world being Jesus Christ is the authority of the church and we serve him <coughs> we obey our governments until they're in contradiction with the Bible. And the United States government at this time is absolutely in conflict with the Bible. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. And I know you're thinking, he is beating this like a dead horse. I absolutely am because we need to understand. We forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. And right now, yeah, it's okay. You can't meet in buildings. 
But once we give them that step, it's okay, you can't meet at all. And then it's, oh, right now it's fines, things like that, jail time. But what happens when we, the more we give them, the, the worse it could become. Um, no meeting and uh, inside or no meeting at all leading to fines. Well, that could eventually lead to, okay, if we catch you in here, we'll kill every single one of you. Hopefully, and I pray that it, it doesn't come to that in, in any of our lifetimes. But the simple fact of the matter is the more we give, the more that power people in power will take because absolute power corrupts absolutely but we're already at 40 minutes i want to stop there (coughs) and i want to leave you with a simple blessing to each and every one of you thank you so much for listening Um, If you find that you like the smaller ones and this type of content where we deal with the real world issues now, please let us know. You can email yay or nay whether you like it or whether you did not like it to coursecorrectionth at gmail.com. Thank you so much each and every one of you and I pray that blessing upon you and safety wherever you may be at in the world in the name of christ jesus our messiah our lord and our savior have a good night everybody we'll see you next time on course correction radio